0: Woe to you, O Earth and sea It's the Hop Nation USA Podcast
1: It's episode 147 of the Hop Nation USA Podcast And I'm coming to you live from whatever bunker I've hidden myself away in Uh, This week we're going to do things a little differently in that Adam's not here, it's just me. Uh, But you will hear him later in the episode as he's recorded his own piece from his own bunker. So yes, I'm your host Steve and I'll be doing a segment this week. Originally this episode was going to be our Wrestlemania episode with guest Jason Sircone as he usually comes on for our big Wrestle shows including SummerSlam and Wrestlemania unfortunately the lockdown has separated us and we're all bunkering down at home in the future i think we're going to try to work with zoom and maybe see if we can get some guests on i don't love that audio quality though i think a lot of people are going to get zoomier by the end of all this and they're just going to hear everything tinny and compressed and it's gonna be awful but if we can get other podcasters on, then they can record their own audio at home on their own microphones and send it over, and I can hopefully maintain the quality of our audio. With that in mind, though, because this was going to be our WrestleMania episode, we had a special beer that was planned for this episode. And that's the beer I'm going to be drinking tonight, and that beer is... That's right, it's the El Segundo Broken Skull IPA. The Stone Cold Steve Austin beer. Everybody's been hyped up about it. Everybody was ready for 316 Day in Pittsburgh before that was also canceled. But I was able to get my hands on some. Uh, it is a 6.7% IPA with 67 IBUs. And it features a classic blend of Cascade, Citra, and Chuganuck hops. Let's open this can of what up and see how it is now upon pouring it up it is basically a west coast ipa i I didn't know what to expect really but this is very very clear it is a picturesque beer a nice fluffy whitehead and i am surprised I, i i for some reason i thought this was a little heavier a little uh cloudier from like other photos i've seen but looking at looking at it up close it is it is a completely translucent beer very nice looking beer nice golden color on the nose i get a good bit of hop up front but it's not a punch you in the face it's a pretty even it's a lot of bright floral hop up front a little bit of citrus on the nose but it's not it's definitely not a punch you in the face which i don't know maybe you would expect that actually with this beer considering who it is uh, tied to drinking it it is incredibly refreshing surprisingly refreshing really like there is a lot of upfront citrus notes on it but then on the back it has a lot of kind of earthiness and i think that's coming from the chinook hops like i could i could be wrong about that but in a lot of ways this beer is reminding me of the full pint chinooki which that is just all chinook hops and i always find that one to be like very very bitter and very earthy not my not my favorite IPA, but this one has similar notes to that. But this one is also a lot brighter and a lot more refreshing. And it just overall, there's a good balance between all the hops. There's not a whole lot of maltiness on this beer either, so that also makes it easier to be more floral and refreshing that way. And it's odd to be talking about a stone-cold beer that's using words like bright and floral. But, yeah, it's all there. It's a really good representation of a West Coast IPA, and I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, Of course, I'm saying West Coast IPA, but this is obviously coming from Texas. Because Stone Cold did go out of his way to pair with a craft beer company down there. And I, I appreciate that, actually. Because it's not too often that you see a celebrity pair with an actual craft brewery we talked a couple weeks ago about blake shelton or derek Sprentley or whatever one of those country stars and he has his own beer coming out if it's still coming out i don't know his tour might have been canceled but he paired with a macro brewery and they pumped out some you know boring golden pilsner or whatever and eh, 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 who cares but this is actually a really good drinking beer from a celebrity and it's not just just some boring pilsner i'm sorry i know people are still trying i know you know brewers out there are still trying to push their lager fiending and i i don't know i never get it you know me i don't care for the loggers i don't care for pilsners i'm never impressed by them but I'm pretty much impressed with this beer. And I can also see how Stone Cold could slam down, you know, six or so in the ring. I'm still a little surprised by the fact that it is a 6.7% beer because it's way, way drinkable. Yeah. I'm just gonna continue to drink on this and we're gonna get into the little bit of content that I have prepared for the rest of the episode. So I'm not gonna do news notes and neat as usual. I think the news is kinda the same all around. In that breweries are obviously not in operation as usual they're mostly all on to go system right now I think a lot of people are doing their best to support local breweries uh, but you know money is tight for all of us so do what you can support breweries as you can but also don't forget about all the servers and the wait staff. I know there's a lot of virtual tip charts set up so look into that I I did have a neat though that I wanted to point out and it was it's coming from a brewery that's again everybody's trying to do the best they can in a bad situation and this brewery took a full advantage of that it's the Sobel's obscure brewery out of Jeanette PA that's outside of Greensburg they produced a very very funny commercial to let people know about their to-go services it is pretty hilarious I think you can find it on their Facebook page or you can find it on other social media. Uh, I'll try to tie it to the Twitter account at some point. But it is uh, just a complete throwback to those old, goofy-ass used car or mattress house, everything-must-go type silly, corny commercials. But then it's also done in that purposely bad way. It's just very funny. Uh, I actually haven't had a lot of beer from them, so if you want to tell me about their beer, uh, just reach out to us on Twitter at Nation USA or email me at HopNationUSA at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Sobel's beer, but definitely go check out the commercial for their to-go services that they have right now. It is, uh, yeah, it's a treat. So that's, that's my one neat for the week. Content-wise, I have put together a little bit of a survival slash pairing guide for you I basically have taken everything that I've been watching and getting into and video games I've been playing for the past a couple of weeks even before this all hit and I've created a pairing guide slash Survival guide so first off I want to suggest a movie that everybody should go watch The movie's called The Color Out of Space and it's a Nick Cage film so already you can kinda guess where things are gonna go. Uh, The film is based off an old H.P. Lovecraft story by the same name so if you're familiar with the story you should have a little basis in the movie but uh, the movie's set in modern times so it's obviously going to be a good bit different than what the story was. Uh, If you have seen the trailer for this film. And you've also seen Nicolas Cage's previous film called Mandy you might get the same feel uh, from the two of them the there's a lot of same color palette with the bright purples and blues and uh, pinks going on but they're not really the same film in any way this is much more of a throwback to like 80s horror movies and it's I, I hate using that kind of nostalgia reference it really is there's a lot of scenes and imagery that evoke the thing and it despite the obvious you know neon color palette that a lot of people are playing upon nowadays it also has just a feel of an 80s monster movie uh, nick cage is pretty good in it. It's, it's, this is this is one of those films where he's made some choices in how he acts and not all of those choices are great, but there is a couple scenes towards the end where he is just like darkly humorous and he couldn't like I don't think anybody else could really pull it off the way he does. so yeah there it, there's some good bits, there's some bad bits. The rest of the cast is kind of eh, eh, they're just there part of the monster movie. The, uh, the one other thing I thought really stuck out in this film though is the soundtrack. And the soundtrack was written by a saxophonist by the name of Colin Stetson and I've been a fan of his for a while but just recently he's been doing movie scores for horror films the the first one of note that he did was for hereditary that came out two years ago and that one like you know it has that same hauntingness as a saxophonist his play style is completely different from anybody else's he uses a lot of cyclical breathing so the, it just never ends it just he can just hold notes and continuously play uh, but he also uses a lot of other tricks to essentially play like three or four instruments at once even though he's only just playing the saxophone so he's playing a saxophone he has mics attached to the saxophone to, to uh, pick up the percussive mechanical playing of the saxophone and then he also has his vocal cords mic'd up as well to pick up like like screaming lyrics as he plays it is it creates some of the weirdest haunting music you can hear and appropriately it's very much a, a mutation mm. of you know, of saxophone music it's you would never guess it if you just heard it alone uh, i suggest if you go on youtube Check out a show that he did with there's a Canadian show called Q or whatever I'm not quite sure what that is, but he breaks down how he creates his music With one of his popular songs judges. So check that video out on YouTube. Just like search Colin Stetson judges Q It'll come up, but it'll give you an idea of how he creates the music he does but with regards to the film color out of space it is incredibly appropriate and it is a really great soundtrack. My pairing suggestion for this, though, is uh, either find like a imprint smoogee, or 450 North smoothie, or Drecker, or any answer. Any of those sour smoothies, they're gonna ha- capture the odd, crazy colors that you find in beer nowadays. The, the purples and the pinks and the bright reds and things like that. And They're also gonna be usually some sort of amalgamation mashup and you know, just some mutation of beer and All of that will make a lot more sense after you watch the film, but Yeah, get one of those pair it together. Enjoy jumping to video games. I downloaded the Call of Duty Warzone Um, It's a free battle royale version of Call of Duty. It's fine I I can't really get into these battle royale games. I don't love them. The, the giant map isn't satisfying enough to me, and there's usually so many lulls in the action that it just, I don't, I don't love them. Uh, the one thing I did find that was fun, though, which can hurry up the action, is if you jump in a helicopter, and then you can chase people down, and you can angle the helicopter blades uh, like an action film and run people down that way. So if they, that's entertaining. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I just don't love it. I'm, I'm much more regular performer like vanilla Call of Duty where you actually get to start with a loadout and you can strategize that way. The ah, These Battle Royale games just don't do it for me. But it is free. So that's a plus. If you want to pair with that, I can. I would say if you're playing the free version like I do, then just pair it with a plain logger because that's what you get. You get a basic game. And a basic logger will go with that. If you pay the $9.99 to unlock all the goofy skins and all the goofy characters and all that kind of stuff, well, then, hey, then you get to unlock hazy IPAs and pastry stouts for yourself to drink as well. So, yeah, it, it's a good diversion for a little bit, but I, I, don't, I can't see myself, like, really sticking with this game. Uh, another game I was playing, though, is called Disco Elysium. And this is a really great game that appeals to me and my roots because it is very, very much like the Sam and Max Monkey Island point and click adventures from the 90s. If you have no problem reading a book, then maybe this game would be for you. If you're interested in mysteries, because the basic plot of the game is that you're a detective with amnesia and you have to solve a murder. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of story element to this. And the, what separates this from those old point-and-click adventures is that you can spec yourself out similar to an RPG. So you can make choices with the way your character behaves. Uh, you can make your character more intelligent or more emotional or more physical. And this kind of sets different paths for you to go. Uh, I don't think you can get everything from a playthrough simply because there's not enough points to go around but as you go along you'll open up different paths depending on how your character's points are specced out you'll open up different dialogue trees you'll find your way through the game there's a lot of luck involved as well it's a very interesting game that way i think it's definitely worth checking out and just something that'll kill the time for you and again it tells a pretty good story it has a very different Awesome art style And yeah, I I think it's worth it the pairing I have for this is based off a reference from the game Uh, Within the game you'll find that there is union workers trying to feed scabs a Specialized borscht soup and it's just basically beet soup with vodka They're trying to get scab workers drunk while the union is on strike. Uh, So my pairing is suggesting that you homebrew a beet ale to go along with this. It's the only time I've had a beet ale is from homebrew. If you can find beet ales out there, then go ahead. But I think you gotta homebrew that one. And that's also a good chance for you to start a new hobby. You can start homebrewing. I'm assuming a lot of supply stores are still open and now's a good time to try doing a one gallon batch. You can do a one-gallon batch, and then hopefully, by the time it's ready to drink, you can share it with your friends. But yeah, the only time I've had a beet ale is from homebrew, so yeah, that's my suggestion. Try to do that. Try to pair it together. Moving on to if you want to have a laugh, well then, Netflix has everything that's funny right now. Uh, I would say check out uh, Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura's comedy specials. Those are, were really, really funny but i have to give special notice of that documentary tiger king everybody's talking about it i'm sure i'm not going to give too much away but it is the craziest fucking story i've heard and like that's coming from a person who watches a lot of those netflix documentaries it is amazing to me that we never hear as much of this stuff that's going on until there is a netflix documentary that comes out about it it's like these people exist; they live among us, and now we get to learn about them. And this one has everything except ghosts and vampires. I think, like it, it's all there. Uh, the pairing, though, isn't really beer. The only I think the only way to truly get into the same headspace is everybody in this documentary is to smoke meth. It seems like most people are smoking meth on this show. And that's not like an old hacky joke. That's just legit people. There's a lot of methods that are owning tigers, and that's crazy. Uh, My one final suggestion is check out the show Mr. Robot. Go back to that show. The fourth season is probably one of the best seasons of television that I've seen. But if you've never seen the show at all, go back and binge watch all four seasons. It's nice because one the show is over so there's no more new seasons it's like breaking bad or the wire in that way you can just watch the entire thing but it is a fascinating show with like a lot of character in it the entire show is kind of a testament of what happens when you just let i I don't want to use the word auteur but uh, sam eastmail is obviously has a very had a very focused vision for this show and each season is very similar to the wire in that they all feel completely different and they have ending punctuation points to them and it is just a fantastic character study i yeah i really love this show and i hope you know in the future it will be looked back as as fondly as breaking bad and the wire it's a great show my pairing suggestion for that, though, is, hey, go uh, see if you can get some Stellarworks 50-foot robot or 100-foot robot to go with your Mr. Robot rewatch or first-time watch. It's a it's a really great IPA. I wish I could get more of it. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good IPA just to sit back and enjoy this uh, show with. Just like this Broken Skull IPA is something you could kick back and watch WrestleMania with, uh, assuming that it's still going on. I have know the changing things around a lot. They they went from a single night to now a double night and now Roman Reigns isn't even in it and there's no audience to it. I I don't know what's going to happen with this show. I have a feeling SummerSlam might become the really big big show this year because I yeah, WrestleMania is not going to feel like WrestleMania this year. But you can, you know, get pretty toasted on the Broken Skull IPA if that'll make you feel better I think it will if you can get your hands on it I know their uh, distro is not great in PA and I don't know how well distro is going to be in the future especially leading up to Wrestlemania I bootlegged mine from Ohio so if you can go over to Ohio and find some at Vintage Estates get it there I uh yeah really enjoyable beer though really fresh, really bright, really floral. It is uh it's definitely something I could just see like drinking in a parking lot, too. Like I am this is that refreshing, but it's also it doesn't have the same bitterness as a lot of West Coast IPAs does. Like as I continued to drink it, it didn't build up on my tongue. It didn't leave a residue. It's still not a IPA for Adam or people for who don't like IPAs. But if you're looking to get in the IPAs, this would actually probably be a pretty good gateway, too. So, yeah, and again, 6.7%, but it's also not that malty. Yeah, it's just a really good drinking beer. Drinking beer for the working man. So, yeah. Uh, Going to the podium, I'll give it a gold medal. Because I only drank one beer tonight. What else am I going to do? With that in mind... I think going forward, things are going to continue to be different, obviously. I do have a plan for something in the future, but it's time-sensitive. We have to wait for something else to come out before we can comment on it. We can't comment on something that we haven't watched. I think I kind of would like to do a bit of a watch-along. But also, we're going to look into getting Zoom guests on and seeing if we can do solutions that way and maybe at the very least at least just getting adam and i in the same room quote quote as it were but uh yeah uh i hope you're enjoying what you're hearing and if you are let us know if not let us know we'll try to make the adjustments as we can but for now i'm gonna say goodbye and then adam will be on with whatever he's prepared
0: right after this first sip brew box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in pittsburgh every month first sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials including t-shirts glassware and even food right now our friends at first sip brew box have an offer for you just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Welcome back, Hop Nation. And now it's my turn. That's right. It's your other host, Adam. I get to pick up the slack where Steve left off. And now it's my turn to talk. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is the beer that I'm going to drink. And this comes from New South Brewing. They're out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This is their Nut Brown Ale. Comes in at about 4.8% ABV. IBUs, I, I really have no idea. I'll be perfectly honest. The nice thing is it's a brown ale. I don't expect it to be very high. So I'm not going to worry about it. Yes, I am one of those people that... Just eh, eh, I'm 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 not a hops guy, so I don't have to worry about that on this one. And the other nice thing is since I get to do this all by myself due to, well, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm sure you know why I'm doing this by myself, but the nice thing is I get to drink this entire thing by myself. I don't have to share it with anybody. I don't have to worry about divvying it up with all my co-hosts, all the guests, to make sure everybody gets enough. I don't have to save any towards the end. I could just drink the damn thing. And I'll be honest, if it wasn't for the fact that I needed to take photos and make sure that you guys saw what it looked like on social media, things like that, i just crack the can and drink it myself. All right, I've got it poured out here. I got my full 12-ounce pour. Thank you very much. And taking a look at it, Uh, It looks like a classic brown ale. One of the problems with a beer like this is it's not going to be very particularly visually appealing. It's just going to look like a a dark beer, a little bit darker than a a lager or something like that. It just just looks like a beer. That's all there is to it. In terms of head, there's a little bit floating around on top, nothing of particular note. Uh, It looks kind of wispy, I'll be honest. That's about it. In terms of the nose, it's a it's a nut brown ale, so it's gonna be malty, and this is no exception. It's got a nice malty nose to it. it smells good. I like it. That kind of jumps into my uh, preferences. That's for damn sure. Like I said on the the opening description, no idea on the IBUs, but judging by the nose on this, there isn't much at all. So let's get in on this. Let's let's see how it tastes. Not bad, not bad at all. It's not a particularly exciting beer. I didn't expect it to be, and it met those expectations. It's it's good. I like it. This, I think, would be a good beer to be able to wind down from. Full disclosure, I'm recording this after I'm done from working at home. I got out of my office, came downstairs, got everything set up, got this beer cracked. So this is the first one after a day of work, and I'll admit it. it's doing the job quite well. It's a good beer to kind of wind down with. And not to mention, it's a it's a bit of a nice spring day right now. So this this works really well with those early spring days, maybe even a light a late fall day. I think this is gonna work quite well for this time of year. So I'm gonna continue drinking on it, and I'm probably gonna talk about something else. And this is where the struggle is gonna come in. I have to give all sorts of props to the. The podcasters out there that do their podcasts by themselves. Uh, a particular shout-out to the Nerdy Pint. I know that he does his podcast solo. I don't know how you do it. After 140-some episodes, I'm so used to having the banter back and forth, having somebody to bounce things off of. If for some reason I draw a blank on something, usually Steve is right there to pick it up, or one of our other guests or our guest hosts they're able to pick up the slack wherever I am and vice versa. You know, we all work together, but right now with our social distancing, we don't have that. Uh, I, and so this is going to be real interesting with, it's just me talking. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you're not, don't, well, and to hell with you. I'm going to do it again next week, probably. So listen to Steve's part and then skip my part until the end. And uh, don't worry about it. So, I'm going to continue to drink this. If there's a slight break, that's because I'm drinking the beer. And I'll be honest, I like this beer. I have no problem with it. But one of the things I wanted to get into a little bit is sports and and how this whole coronavirus, the COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it, is, is affecting the world of sports. Because as you know, everything has come to a stop. Everything. So it's interesting watching the sports world kind of grind to a halt be very surprised, and then start finding ways to adapt to the situation we're in right now and how people are able to cope, how people are able to still get their fix as best as they can. Right now, the only sport that I know of that has done any sort of live action within the last week or two is I believe there's one or two horse tracks that are open. And no, I am not going to talk about horse racing, because I know absolutely nothing about horse racing. The last time I was at a horse track, I, I did well. Uh, I, I played the ponies well. Don't ask me how I did it, because I I drank too much. <laughs> so there is to it. Uh, it turns out that I, stone cold sober, can't play the ponies for crap. But get a couple of beers in me, I'm pretty good that's as far as I know how, how you, you play, play to ponies. That's it. So I'm not going to get into that, that discussion. But what I'm going to talk about is how some fans and how some organizations have kind of adapted and adopted to the situation. Not only that, but how sports networks like ESPN has been able to, to adapt. One of the, the greatest things that I have seen come out of this is the Ocho. Uh, ESPN 2 ran an entire day... Of Ocho Sports. Now, obviously, that comes from the movie Dodgeball. If you haven't seen it, after you're done with this podcast, go watch it. If you have seen it, after you're done with the podcast, go watch it again. The Ocho is the sports channel with all the wackadoo sports that has a really, really niche following. And they brought that back for one day last weekend, and it was an entire day of just off the wall sports. If you wanted combat juggling, you got combat juggling. If you wanted to see a stone skipping competition, you got that. Competitive sign spinning, you had that as well. And it was great to be able to see some of the sports that people are really and truly in love with and truly involved with that you would never see otherwise. There are some real pros out there on sports that have no reason to exist professional tag I had no idea was a thing I it was interesting but I have no reason to understand why it exists on a professional level but it was very cool to be able to see that and it was very cool to get there they had a platform available to kind of showcase their stuff a little bit Uh, so kudos to ESPN on being able to show that later on in the week they were able to show some outdoor games Uh, with a lot of dog competitions, a lot of dog run competitions, fly ball, things like that. And it was good to kind of get a good change of pace from all the usual. Now, granted, this time of year, it's very exciting. You have spring training coming up. You have college basketball. You have the NCAA tournament going on. You have the NFL draft, although that's not really exciting. That's just kind of neat. I don't watch that. I have no reason to. But there's a lot going on. You're getting in the hockey playoffs. You're coming down to the wire of of who's in, who's out, all this stuff. And all that stopped. So something else had to come in and fill that void. And a lot of these Ocho sports have been able to do that. Uh, Some of the other things that fans have been doing uh, on Reddit, the college basketball subreddit, they obviously got completely decimated. This is their time of year. This is their time to shine. But they had nothing. Once the tournament got canceled, they were in the offseason. Boom. With a moment's notice, they were in the offseason. No closure, no nothing. So what did the uh, the readers of the College Basketball subreddit do? They decided they were going to model the tournament using 2K09, an NCAA video game from, of course, 2009. So they are taking all the teams that they assume would have been in the tournament, and they are modeling the tournament using this video game. There's been some upsets, there's been some Cinderella stories going through, and they're modeling it just as they would a regular tournament. So they had their tournament weekend last weekend, they have the week off, they're going to go back into the second weekend where you get into the Sweet 16, and people are really getting into it. And I find that fascinating because... Everybody has to quench that thirst for sports somehow. So that's how the folks on Reddit are doing that for college basketball. Now, on a little more professional level, NASCAR has actually stepped up really well. I know there's a lot of people that are currently rolling their eyes right now saying, Oh, NASCAR, the the good old boys, how on earth are they going to be able to do anything? Quite simple, really. NASCAR and other motorsports is, they are one of the few sports out there that they can actually do a a semi-realistic simulation of their events. And what I mean by that is they can have a a driving simulator, a driving rig set up, and they can actually simulate a race, obviously using uh, computer generation, things like that. You can't do that with basketball. You can't do that with any of the stick and ball sports. But with motorsports, you can do that. So what NASCAR was able to do was using a service called iRacing. Uh, It's an online simulation service that has most, if not all, of the NASCAR tracks already modeled and in place, ready to go. What they did was they generated an invitational series. And all they're going to do is, during the normal race times of when they would have their live events, when you actually have the cars going around in circles... What they're doing is they're doing a simulation event. Instead of having a 300-lap event at uh, Miami Homestead Speedway, which would have been last week's race, they did a 100-lap simulator race with everybody in their simulator rigs racing against each other just as you normally would. Now, what made this interesting was NASCAR went all in, the drivers went all in, and Fox Sports, which was supposed to carry the race, went all in as well. Everybody was involved and everybody got into it. The commentators, they had live commentary on a simulator race. But there was enough tongue-in-cheekness, enough levity throughout the, throughout the broadcast that it brought a little bit of, I'll say, relief to everybody watching it. Because if you're watching this, you're going to be a motorsports fan and you're looking for something to watch. And it was really nice to be able to watch this and get some sort of live competition. Yes, it's eSports. Yes, it's not the real thing, but it's what we can do right now. And there were some major drivers in there. There were a lot of championship drivers in there. Uh, it got to the point where they actually had to have a last chance qualifier race to be able to get into the main race. So they had so many people interested. Uh, and these are these are the professional drivers. These are the actual paid drivers that are in the top three series. Uh, participate in this. This wasn't just a bunch of jibronis like, okay, we'll throw you all in a bunch of NASCAR simulators and see what happens. Uh, These were the actual drivers the championship drivers, and they actually had to go through some qualifiers to be able to get into the main race. Now, once you got into the race, things were a little bit different. Things were a little bit looser. You had drivers that let's be honest. They, they had a cold beer right beside them and they were driving in slippers. They didn't take it all that seriously, but it was highly entertaining and really, right now, that's all you can be looking for. So I have to give credit to NASCAR, to Fox Sports, uh, everybody involved in that, that they gave us a really, really good time from a motorsports fan. I'll admit I'm one of those. And it was really nice to be able to have that. And they're going to continue doing that. Uh, they're going to follow what would have been the normal NASCAR schedule uh, and, and do these simulator series until we able are able to get back to real live action. And I'm looking forward to that. This weekend, I believe, is the Texas Motor Speedway, which is in Fort Worth. Uh, that's another mile and a half track. Uh, and the interest has grown and grown. It, it has grown that more drivers are going to be involved. There are old drivers. Uh, there are drivers from the past, things like that, that are getting involved. And I, I think this is going to turn into something a little more uh robust this might have started out as a bit of a kind of a goof kind of something to kind of give the fans a little bit of service something to look after but in reality there's a good possibility that this could turn into something a little bit more legitimate in the esports world uh it no, obviously it's not going to be as big as like a league of legends or something like that but i i think it would be able to get a good foothold with something so i'm looking forward to see how that's going to go uh one of the other things, and this kind of goes back to ESPN and a lot of the other networks, is bringing back classics. A lot of the the uh, big games, a lot of the big races, a lot of the big events are being re-aired to kind of fill in the time slots of of what would have been live action. Uh, for example, going back to NASCAR, the the Fox broadcast of what would have been the Miami Homestead race was replaced by a race from 1986 in Richmond, Virginia, and they 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 showed the race from lap one to the last lap. It was very interesting to watch. Just to just it was a, a look back in time. A lot of times with this, you see, you know, you'll see a highlight here or there, something like that, but you never see a flag to flag race like that. And it was very interesting to see how things have changed. It gives you a a lot clearer look into the past. It was very interesting. So Fox has done that. ESPN has done that. Uh, I know that the local channels uh, here in Pittsburgh, like at and Sports, I believe, usually runs the Pens games and the Pirates games and things like that. They're running uh, full-length games, uh, a lot of Stanley Cup final games, uh, things that are very relevant to Pittsburgh sports. If you want to watch City Crosby raise the cup again, now is a good time to do that. And it's real nice from a nostalgic point of view because, number one, if you're going to watch a game, you already know who won, and you get to relive that a little bit, and that's very enjoyable. So I'm hoping that out of all this from a sports perspective, something comes out of this. Uh, We're able to go back and see the, the full broadcast as kind of a look back in time to see how things have changed, how style of play has come, if nothing else, the graphics package. To see how the graphics packages have changed, that's always one of the most shocking things to me. Is whenever I, I see a an event from ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whatever you want to say, and <laughs> just the change of what the styles of the graphics package. Uh, you can definitely tell what area era you are in just by looking at how wild or how conservative the graphics packages are and how clean they are and what kind of new toys that the the uh, the VR to, the VR I don't know what the hell whatever that department is IT FX I don't know those guys so it's very interesting to see that so I although we don't have live sports and everybody wants to have live sports back. I don't think there's anybody that wants to say let's keep it this way. This is way better. We all want live sports. And we'll get back to that. But until we do, I'm glad that there is a lot of proactivity going on and trying to fill that and trying to get ourselves something back. Because I'll be perfectly honest, the few times that I watched ESPN just on the regular, all they had was was NFL free agency. And you can only you can only run that plow horse so many times before you're just sick and tired of rehashing the same thing over and over and over again, because there's so little new news and so little action going on right now. I feel bad for them. I'll be honest because typically, like I said, this is a very high time. Of year. There's a lot of stuff going on. Not right now. They are pretty much dead in the water. So I, I, I give them props for trying to do what they can, but I can only watch so much NFL free agency stuff before I just don't care anymore. I just, ugh. ugh. Yeah, no more. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how, how sports are are trying to adapt to what's going on right now. I find it very interesting how all the different groups are are trying to cope with this, I and I, I think that there will be some good lessons coming out on this going forward, and I, I hope we stick with those. And things that I also want to stick with is this beer, the New South Nut Brown Ale. This is a good beer. I've been sipping on this a little bit. This is an easy drinker. It's nothing special. It's not supposed to be anything special. This is not supposed to be some 450 North, you know, super whamadine 8,000 pounds of, you know, peach rings and where there's Originals, crammed into a 16-ounce can. It's not supposed to be like that. It's just a good, easy drinker, and I'm glad that I had it on this episode because that has helped me a lot. This is a good beer to kind of relax with, enjoy, just be for a little bit. So for that uh, new salad, I'm, I'm thanking you for making this beer. I really like it. If you find it, give it a rip. See what happens. I think you'll enjoy it as well. So that leads us to our podium for this episode segment, because I don't know what Steve drank, so I have to go with what I know, which is right in front of me right now. So in the gold medal position is the New South Brewing Nut Brown Ale. New South was established in 1998. I think that was the same year the Red Wings won the cup. I have no idea. That sounds like a late 90s thing. But yes, it's good drinker. It's not particularly exciting. Nice thing is I don't necessarily want exciting right now. I like it. I think it's a good beer. It's got a good multi flavor to it. Not hoppy whatsoever. That's my jam. So if you find it, uh, I think you're going to have to go a little bit further south than Pittsburgh. I think you're going to have to get into the Myrtle Beach area. And hopefully this summer a lot of us will be able to do that. I really hope we're going <laughs> to be able to do that. So if you see it, grab it. Uh, enjoy it a little bit. And if you want to contact us, uh, drop us a line at HopNationUSA at gmail.com. You can get us on all of our social medias. That's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't think we have a Snapchat. Get us on all the social medias, HopNationUSA. Episodes drop every Friday. Uh, If you're on any of the platforms that we're on, which would be Stitcher, Podbean, Ah. Google Podcasts, Apple Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, any of that. And that when you do, give us a rating. And when you do, give us a five-star rating. Why? Because we are a six-star show. But them some bitches only let us use five. And that's a bigger crime than the Dallas Stars winning the cup because everybody knows that Brett Hall was in the crease. All right, I'm Adam and a very Odd episode of Hop Nation USA. Drink safe, be safe, just be excellent to each other, and we'll see you next time. Bye.